welcome to another episode of the Streaking Lawn podcast. Once again, my name is Pierce, and once again, I've got Zach with me back from uh, return to Charlottesville. Yeah. Back, back from your winter break, and uh, <laughs> thanks for thanks for joining me again, Zach. It's a new yeah. semester. Yes, it it's it's brand new. I I took a train six hours south and got greeted right. by six inches of snow when yeah. there was nothing on the ground. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's a winter wonderland. It's been a great time here uh, in in the hook with the the snow. You 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 missed a lot of fun power outages. Um, yeah, but yeah. we have plenty of basketball news to talk about. Plenty of uh, you know ups and downs to discuss. Um, but why don't we make sure everyone listening knows? I'm sure they already do. They've already gone to streakinglaw.com. But the football staff is complete and just got its first uh, verbal commitment for this new staff. So. Uh, 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 o lineman who's yet to visit but vis- visiting soon just announced uh, that he's committing to coach uh, Tony Elliott and staff but uh, the bigger picture of course is that last we were on the podcast we didn't know all the assistant coaches so uh, now we do Paul uh, at Streak and Lawn has a, a great breakdown of uh, all the assistant coaches the newest one uh, of course being uh, defensive backs uh, Karome Cox coach and then uh more maybe even most interestingly the new quarterbacks coaches a guy named taylor lamb who you might remember uh as a star qb at appalachian state not too long ago he's quite young interesting resume um seems like someone to get excited about but i guess the most common reaction i've seen is well, why don't we just keep Jason Beck? <laughs> yeah. I mean, it, it's tough just with the relationship he had yeah, and success. Like yeah. it just, yeah, no, it's, I, I, I think to a certain extent you, you get Elliot wanting his own guys or at least just not wanting to carry everybody over. Um, yeah, for sure. Totally you, understandable. <laughs> right. Like we, we'll give, like, we got to give Lamb a fair shot here and of he's course. got a good chance. I mean, it's going to be to see this first year how much is it just Brennan and how much you know how much is it just Brennan being an elite quarterback but um hopefully those two can mesh and make this next season um something similar to last with with a number of weapons coming back Keaton Thompson mm-hmm. I believe announced that he's coming back since the last time we talked so there's there's plenty of weapons um for Lamb and, and Armstrong to work with so it, it's it's definitely exciting and and there's no um you know the there's no reason to suspect that the offense is going to fall off dramatically. Um, obviously last year was ridiculous production, but you know, they've got a chance to do that again. And, and hopefully these yeah. young coaches can get going. You know, it, it's nice. Like you talk about sort of with young players, it's nice when there's an established coaching staff kind of around to help them get going. And, but it's weird. It's, it's sort of an interesting flip of that where you have Brennan, the experienced player who's going to be able to sort of um, maybe help some of these coaches get more accustomed to UVA and sort of implement their system with him at the helm. Yeah. Yeah. Very true. Um, and like you said, there'll be a lot of uh, important pieces returning for that offense. Uh, the, the big question obviously is going to be uh, offensive linemen, massive, right. massive uh, figuratively and literal uh, holes to fill there. And a lot of, to be determined as far as, you know, grad transfers or, or you know, undergrad transfers of right. course as well. So uh, plenty to, fill out before we get into any sort of real roster predictions or or things like that but obviously um 
more of that will come the closer we get to the summer and then we'll have a better idea of okay what are the biggest uh, you know question marks it's always going to be the o-line then no matter what right. so get used to us saying that forever and ever until uh, football season starts but uh, i'm playing to be excited about it, i think with uh, the new coaches including lamb um who who seems to sort of check all those uh, boxes you're looking for as far as what people say about him <laughs> and right. uh, and not so much the resume which is of course sensible because he's very young so yeah. um a lot to be seen there but but i'm excited about it um so you should be too and if you're, you're uh unfamiliar with what i'm talking about again just check out um, paul's article on on streaking lawn um because it goes into a lot of uh good info about these guys so let us talk about the basketball team who is just going to, I guess, drive us crazy this season um, with the uh, bouncing between wins and losses and um, maybe more frustratingly levels of production from yeah. each of the players. Yeah, right. There hasn't been like a consistent go-to reliable guy now that we've seen a little bit of a downstep or a lot of bit of a downstep in some instances from Gardner right. and his scoring. And so other guys picking it back up. Um, hey, you know, they're, they're right in the middle of the ACC race. Um, their most recent game, uh, if you're listening to this Saturday morning, of course, is the win against Pitt. Uh, we're recording this before the NC State game, which is in a lot of ways a, a pivotal road contest to keep uh, you know tabs on that uh, goal of uh, – finishing potentially still top four in the conference that looks a little more daunting after getting uh uh that disappointing wake forest loss at home yeah. i think was was probably the most um uh reason for concern that the, they might not have it to be able to finish in that top four spot um but we can talk about these games specifically uh one by one and you know, it's sort of where we've been since uh, ACC play started, but I guess last time we were a little more excited um, because the road trip was going pretty right. well. And uh, like I just said, uh, this recent wake loss, which is bookended by a win over the Hokies and a win on the road at Pittsburgh. So, you know, what are you doing? They're continuing to collect going two and three in three game right. chunks. Uh, we'll see how it goes at NC State, but that wake loss was, was obviously the, the recent um, downside to this inconsistency. Yeah. So what have you seen that, you know, gives you any hope or lack of hope uh, towards yeah. our postseason goals? I mean, it, it's, it's, as you said, there's just been a lot of inconsistency. And I think uh, Tony said it on, on Wednesday, he was like, he was complimenting or, or praising Reese for, for hitting some shots and, and playing, um, very well, but he was saying, you know, one of these days, everybody's going to be on, we're going to be hard to beat. <laughs> and he's not wrong. It, it really does feel like when one guy steps up, someone else takes a step back and that's okay to a certain extent, but there's also just, it, it gets difficult because one game it's Reese hitting shots and the next mm -hmm. it's Armand. And then Jaden has been struggling against more size and, and that's been an issue. Mm -hmm. And when the time comes like it did against Wake Forest, where it's the last five to 10 minutes and the team can't get a bucket, who do you go to? Because right. I don't think that there is a definitive answer because no one has strung together enough games to go. That's the guy. 
I think yeah. you see flashes, as Bennett says, you see flashes from a lot of guys. Reese, when he's hitting shots, he's had two games, and I, I'm publishing an article shortly on this. When he hits threes, he's on another level, and that's not just because he's hitting threes. It's just, you know, he, he's had two games of hitting three threes this season. He's shooting something like 38% from three um, in ACC play. Mm-hmm. And, and when he does that, you see this confidence in him and you see this aggressive and this willingness to assert and, and sort of just take over the offense. But when he doesn't hit a three or, or just generally isn't involved in the offense, he's much more passive and, and he sort of you know, slides into the background. If Armand can hit a couple of threes and, and he gets his mid-range game going and his mm-hmm. physical, he can be a very good scorer. If Jaden can get to the rim a little bit, find some easy buckets at the foul line, knock down a mid-range jumper or two. Um, he's very good. And, and, and then we've seen Caden and Poppy have their moments and obviously Kihei. So there's there's positives to speak of. It's just that it hasn't been consistent. And, and that's been this team's biggest issue all season is just the, that lack of consistency. UVA was in control of that wake game for probably 32 minutes or so. Yeah. And then just the wheels came off and there was no, the, the defense couldn't get a stop. The offense couldn't get an easy bucket and Wake is not very good. And that's kind of concerning. You could explain that UNC loss a little bit. UNC is a decent team. I'm not saying that Wake isn't, it isn't solid, but it just, that you know, you don't want to see that type of collapse against a team like that. It's one thing if it was Duke. Right. UNC was on the road. It's a three-game road trip in a week. Um, you know, uh, Baycott went off, and, and there's just, you know, you can you can sort of push that aside. If you if you beat Wake, all of a sudden we're talking about how we've gone what like five and one in in six games, right. and, right. and right. I think everyone's feeling a lot better right. about this team right now. They've because they've you know, just sort of butted out some close wins. The Syracuse win, obviously, to start the new year. Clemson was a good win. Carolina was a tough loss. But if you push that to the side, then they took, you know, a two-point win against Tech, gutted that one out. Right, right. And then gutted one out against Pittsburgh, where they did seem fairly in control, at least for the second half, um, once Reese started sort of taking control. And and just that wake game, as you said, that's just sort of like a, a blip that just feels really unfortunate and like that's going to come back to bite them. Yeah, I mean, it's a totally different conversation if um, if they win that weight game and everything else falls the way it has right. because they'd be six and two, <laughs> they'd be in second place, right? <laughs> you know, right. like right, exactly. Uh, instead, they're they're down there in uh, eighth place, so, you know, a tie at five and three, and um, right. really the same standing as, as these teams at four and two. So um, right. they're in this massive tie for essentially third place, though they're technically eighth in standing because of overall records. Um, meaning, you know, the opportunity is really still easily there. We would just be so much more optimistic about things if we looked at them and saw six and two and, and like you said, didn't have this really uh, collapse at home that just brings up those same frustrations of scoring droughts. And, And like you said, and like coach Bennett said, guys step up, it just hasn't been all at the same time. It's, it's funny that the weight game relied uh heavily on a guy in armand franklin that we've been going you know he needs to bring it he needs to bring it he's going to be so good if he gets that consistency well he brings it against wake and that's why they were winning the game and into it. he finishes right. with 18 points 
um, and strong shooting, including three for five from from deep. And Cody Statman added exactly. 11 points too, which is the exact opposite of what he did in the next game against Pitt, but they won. <laughs> you know, um, exactly. the issue, of course, in the scoring in the weight game was the front court's inability to score. Uh, Gardner's jumpers weren't falling, but they missed so many, not just Gardner, but everybody yeah. was missing things at the rim. And, uh, you know, it, it, the drought killed him in the second half from about 10 minutes on. I mean, to, if you're listening to this, you probably watched and remember this, but there was a terrible call, uh, where Reese steals it and they don't give him a, you know, continuation, but Virginia scored on that possession anyway. Right. So they call the foul and Gardner makes a jumper with 10, 23 left here real quick. Here's it's Franklin missed jumper, Shudrick rebound, Gardner missed layup uh some fouls beekman steal beekman missed three-pointer uh gardner missed jumper uh shedrick missed layup kihei missed jumper uh all the way down to some turnovers some fouls they don't get another shot off until 358 so that's a couple minutes there where they don't even get a shot off gardner missed jumper 358 uh then finally Reese scores a 335 so quick mass would suggest that's seven minutes there in a second half at home you didn't score and a lot of those minutes you didn't even get a shot off i mean that that's inexcusable so of course you're gonna lose to like you you said wake isn't good they're not terrible and i know that's not what you meant um so you know any any decent team is gonna beat you if they can make you play like that for for that stretch and that's what happened it is very nice that they rebounded to um, get the win, of course, on the road at Pitt. Pitt is terrible. I feel like I'm not dismissing yeah. the win, but God, how did Pitt let that get away when it looked like with that Hughley guy, they could score every possession if they simply gave it to him. And, you know, credit to uh, Virginia making a couple plays there that made Pitt uncomfortable yeah. in just going with that type of like, we'll give it to Hughley every play. It probably was still the smart thing to do had they had they employed that strategy. But anyway, I mean the Who's did what they needed to do and and showed that toughness that they have shown throughout this year, where there was a moment late in the second half that it looked like Pitt had regained confidence and actually mm-hmm. either tied or took the lead after Virginia had the lead. And Virginia turned around and made a bunch of baskets right in a row uh right. including a, a crazy a, a wild shall we say uh dunk from kafaro um yes. it sort of announced that they weren't going to fold and they didn't fold they they needed uh, you know they did what they needed to do to to win on the road which we'll, we'll certainly take uh the virginia tech game was one of the worst experiences i've had sitting <sighs> through a win um you know, they went, they won, they beat the uh, the rival Hokies. Yeah. All right, we'll take it. But God, did they make it stressful. And uh, Virginia Tech is, is horrible. Um, yeah. And again, not, not trying to minimize things, but uh, it, it certainly would be much nicer for um, feeling good about this caliber of Virginia squad if they uh, uh trounced them (laughs) so maybe we'll get to see that in blacksburg (laughs) it's been a little while since it was like that was a good win you know what i mean like yeah i think beating on the road is is about as good as you could offer yeah you're right sorry to cut you off but yeah no no, clemson on the road was a good win clemson on the on the road was a good win especially after after getting you know 
blown out at home. Mm-hmm. But um, I think it, it's tough because you, you just you look at this team and you say, okay, how much can they improve in the next, what are we, five and three in the ACC? So there's 12 ACC games left, mm-hmm. a guaranteed you know, ACC tournament berth, so at least 13 games. Like, how much can they improve and how much can they improve their tournament chances, especially considering I believe there's only one ranked ACC team right now, and that's Duke. Um, it, it just – Miami should be. Miami should be. Um, and it's, so it just it, – it, it's, it's difficult because um, you don't want to write this team off because of the players that it has and some guys that are – admittedly like you know fun players to be fans of I think that to a certain extent though you do have to be sort of looking at a more long-term growth mm-hmm. you look at a re-speakman performance on Wednesday and say okay that's why he can be our point guard of the future and with a revigorate you know sort of a, a 2022 class that's going to bring a lot um, potentially a transfer to um, in, in the coming years to sort of give this team life again mm-hmm. um, and, and just to sort of say, okay, you know, that's what we're looking at. And I don't want to say like, okay, this season's over, whatever, no, but no, of course. there are positives just in that on that side of things. Like it was really, I, I really loved what I saw from Reese in that game. I thought he was probably as in control as he's ever been in a Virginia basketball uniform, 19 points, eight assists, two blocks blocks steal only two turnovers like mm-hmm. that is what he can be and I'm not saying that he has to shoot three for five from three um but just that is sort of what he can do if he just has that that threat of yeah. a shot and um, I thought you saw a lot of that not the shooting necessarily but his the impact he can really make in the Wake Forest right. game and he had right. some mistakes like you know Reese wasn't flawless and and led to uh, some of those turnovers like I said um, in that terrible stretch but there were also a lot right. of really strong moments from from his play too uh, right. defensively. I mean, he did really well on Williams I mean he had, mm-hmm. Williams had eight turnovers and Reese had I think five or six steals like that's mm-hmm. that's incredible obviously Williams had a couple of you know good offensive rebounds late and yep, yep. and eventually sealed the game that that was very frustrating um and then I mean you talk about a guy like Caden Shedrick he had a couple of very bad games and then all it took was getting his name butched butchered on on you know <laughs> national tv for him to come out and I think he had 12 points and and really sort of did give the offense some some life in the second half with the, sort of the pick and roll um, UVA was running. I mean, that's one thing to note. Bennett has made some offensive adjustments. Mm-hmm. He is mm-hmm. testing some more things out, um, which is at least fun to see. It's good. You know, they're doing more, more ball screen stuff. They're doing a little bit. Um, they're just being a little bit more creative, especially against Pitt. Or at least that's what I saw. And, mm-hmm. and that's fun. And so there's, you know, there's, there's things pointing in the right direction, it's just that they haven't strung together, as we said, that consistent, those consistent results, um, yeah. which is just sort of what that's the next step. Like, it feels like they're just a, just like they're, they're right there from going on a five game win streak. And all of a sudden we're <laughs> 10 and three in the ACC and it's sitting pretty in second or third place or first. But like, you know, they're right there but don't they just haven't been able to and this is true of, of a number of ACC teams I'm not trying to say that sure, that's yeah. but um 
you know, it feels like they're right there yet simultaneously so far away from that just because game to game, everybody takes on a different role. And it's almost like it's reminiscent of that um, 2016, 2017 team, I think, where for a while, no one was scoring in double figures. Obviously, there's a couple of guys, uh, Franklin and Gardner, and I think Kihei's close, Um, but it just, there's, there's just a disconnect there where there's just no one is in Gardner, you know, is a great player, very, very good um, ACC player and and can lead this team in scoring. It's just that he's not that dominant guy. And I think we've known that for a little while now, he's not going to be, you know, Mike Scott by any means. And not that he has to be, there's just, there's not one person to point to and, and that's tough. Um, but there's positive signs both for the future of this program and if guys can sort of get in gear heading into the second half of ACC play. Yeah, totally. Uh, and like you said, it's not all loss on this uh, conference uh, <laughs> this year, this, uh, this ACC, because the ACC is pretty down. And like we've already noted, already muddled in, in the middle. There's no uh, group of teams really pulling away in, in the standings. Uh, if you look at, you know, like their Kempom ranking, I mean, you see Virginia listed as a 69th in adjusted defensive efficiency. That's yeah. really bad for <laughs> Virginia That's standards. Yeah. Um, so I think in addition to these scoring droughts, which we've sort of come to know over the years, you know, from from multiple versions of uh, a Tony Bennett team over the years, even some of the really good ones, um, this one is not bringing the really good defense uh, yeah. with the consistency they're like, again, two starters are new to the team, you know, the, uh, but I, I it, it's hard to make excuses, right? Like when this is your bread and butter, it's just more simply, you just don't have it um, what you're used to. So plenty could turn around with that, except that the schedule isn't friendly. I, I know it just said the ACC is sort of down, but it's not like, um, they got the hard games out of the way and now it's cupcakes. It's really quite the opposite. I mean, you've still got two games against Duke, two games against Miami. Those seem to be the class of the conference. You've got Virginia Tech on the road. Uh, the Hokies don't have a, a great record and aren't playing the best, but you know that's, that's a tough game for even some of the best UVA uh, teams over the years. So you got to pick off your guys uh, who are you know, listed in the hundreds in Kempom. That's NC State, Louisville, Boston College, and Georgia Tech. You yeah. got two against Louisville, one against the other three teams. If you win those five, um, then you're sitting at like, okay, okay, we're working at, you know, splitting the games against the good teams and then, you know, see how that shakes out. Um, yeah. But that's a huge ask. I mean, God, seeing this team beat Miami or Duke is a huge ask. Even Florida State, who, who's coming to Charlottesville. Oh, for sure. They've had a fleet, you know, yeah. over Duke, over Miami. Yeah. Um, so right now, Ken Palm only has five remaining wins in, the, uh, in their projections for uh, the conference games. So that's closing out going, what's that, five and seven, looks like, um, which would put them at 11 and nine overall, uh, which isn't, you know, going to cut it. Uh, for for where we would like to see as far as postseason goals however a lot of that is is close you know let's say you can tend to play well in south bend 
maybe they win this NC State game. Both of those are, are um, uh, projected as losses, uh, but are things that Virginia could easily, of course, win. Um, maybe steal the the Louisville on the road and beat them at home. Right there, that's you know three closer to coin flips uh, that could go for the Hoos. And then you're looking at 14 and six overall right. in the conference which is, record, which is, I think, you know, where probably you're thinking, a top four. Yeah. Right, right. And that includes those double losses to Miami and Duke, which, of course, Virginia is quite capable of beating good teams, uh, you know, uh, out of nowhere. Um, so, like you said a few times, there's a, a lot to be determined. But it seems like this uh, road game against SC State that is uh, this weekend might be a big barometer of uh, are they going to be able to, to keep hanging towards the top. Um, NC State, you want to do a little preview uh, with me? Of, uh, yeah, of I mean, you know, most notably, it's it's Casey Morsell. You know, yeah. it, it's um, it's sort of fun. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I don't I don't know. I mean, the last time we played someone who transferred away, we didn't do so hot against North Carolina uh, <laughs> on yeah. the road. Um, you know, State is a team. They're nine and ten overall um, in the ACC. I believe they're two and six or something to uh, they're not they have not done well in acc play mm-hmm. they're 14th um, they, right now in, right in right 14th game behind Pitt or so um this should be a win you know i mean it's it, this is a team that has largely been struggling you know they, they just lost to um tech by three they got the doors blown off them at duke um you know it, it's they they had a, a decent win over louisville but um ideally this is a win and ideally this is similar to the pit win where you just sort of eventually outlast them yeah um, yeah and, and you're just sort of able um now it's to... not projected to be a win by uh you know espn's metrics or ken palms but i see what i totally yeah, what you I, I i just I, I feel like i don't know i you you would want this to to be when they i mean they have three guys that score um, more than 14 points a game um, in, in, in their two guards. I'm probably going to butcher this. Seabron. Uh, <laughs> it's just Seabron. Seabron. Okay. Yep. I, my problem is that when I watch games, I mute them. But anyway. Um, <laughs> yeah, Seabron's their best player. He's played right. well against the Who's um, before. Um, the, as far as shooting goes, uh, the other two main scorers, Smith and Hellums, are better outside shooters than, right. than Seabron. Um, Seabron almost averages a double double though. He's got 9.5 rebounds to go with almost 20 points per game. So he is the dude, uh, Casey Morsell plays plenty for him. Doesn't shoot a ton. Um, when he shoots it, you know, he's 37% from three. So that's fun. Sort of, I mean, we had higher expectations for him, of course, in Charlottesville than he is giving to Kevin Keats' squad. But, it, you right. know, he's new. It's a transfer. It wasn't meant to be a diss. I'm just saying he's not, like, setting the world right. on fire since he changed. We thought he was Malcolm Brogdon. He's not, you know. <laughs> um, yeah, I, you know, I agree with what you said. Uh, in my mind, as a, as a UVA fan, this should be a win. The numbers yeah. aren't there to support it, but... Um, if they do win this game, then like we were just saying, I think it puts them in better uh, shape, of course, in the standings, but really just realistically as like a, again, barometer for how the rest of the season is going to go. 
knowing that I just said that they'll probably lose. We'll be really disappointed. And then they'll win two or three in a row and then we'll be happy again. And then, you know, so whatever happens, expect the uh, opposite to happen in the next couple of games. Uh, Cause that tends to be uh, what we've seen so far for this squad. I, I don't have anything else, uh, Zach, you, you, you know, got to wait yeah, and see I mean, we what got, We got spring sports. Spring yeah. sports are coming. Hey, there's that. Uh, UVA men's across is getting plenty of preseason hype. Um, incoming number one, I think they kick off their season on February 5th, which it's is always just, so cold. <laughs> yeah, it's, 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 it's gotten earlier and earlier. I mean, I, I feel like I remember back when it would kick off in March. Um but, you know, that'll be fun, and, and they should be, knock on wood, a national championship contender, which I think that we're maybe missing a little bit right now. Um, and obviously baseball as well is, is, is returning a number of guys and, and should, um, you know, at least be uh, competitive at the top of the ECC. Um, yep. And so, you know, that's coming around the corner. There might be snow on the ground, but spring sports are coming. <laughs> Let's get some more titles. Um... Yeah, You know, it's nice to have all those Hokies at the JPJ the other night. They got to see a national title banner. Right. So yeah. I hope they enjoyed the trip um, and, and seeing what one of those looked like. It, I, I think the, the final point about the basketball team that I wanted to make on, on this uh, episode was just, we've sort of hinted at it before, but I was texting with a friend um, over these past few games and just noting because of that COVID year, this year of a downturn or, you know, rebuild or whatever you want to call it is really harder to swallow because we missed what could have been a really nice postseason potential run. Yeah. And instead we got no postseason and then um the following year of course the lack of acc play or or, i mean they played the one game but they didn't get to play for the acc title and then they got upset by ohio so it's the back of being in quarantine for a week right and and yeah we we've been through all the reasons for that and i'm just saying that from fandom yeah. You know, obviously you get the national title. Obviously that's the best thing that's ever happened to us as, as Virginia basketball fans. But that big gap um, that's exacerbated because all we have since the national title is the one upset and nothing to be happy about in the year prior. That If we look back at that year that where the tournament got canceled, of course there's plenty to be happy about. Um, right. but you, it's not like in your mind, like remember how they followed up the title with another run towards, you know, yeah. the lead eight or final four, even I say all this, they could have lost to freaking Stony Brook or something in the first round, you know, yeah. and, I mean, and then we'd be saying the opposite, but it's just a big hole, a big, a big sort of what if that might make us feel better. Um, cause now it seems like almost year three of a downturn even yeah. though even though the hauser team won the conference exactly it's it's right. that upset is sort of still sticks in your mind as like wasn't wasn't uva caliber year because they got upset yet again in march uh, we haven't left with a good taste in our mouth from a season since that title so right. my point yeah i mean i think it's it's definitely doesn't feel like this is the team that won the ACC 
last year. Like this is not. I know, perfect. right? Well, like, it, it, it looks like a totally different team. Too. Well, it does. <laughs> right. I also, I mean, I don't know. I basically discount the Ohio loss. Maybe that's just me being perhaps too optimistic for once, but that, that game was just, I don't know, off the back of what they went through that week. But yeah, no, you're absolutely right that it, it does feel like it's been a long time since it was like, you know, this, you know, we're going in the right direction and the winds are flowing. Right. Even though we went on a run last year and went on a run the year before of just right. racking up ACC wins. And I very, uh, very much remember being very happy with the basketball team last year is why right. it's so silly to sort of right. recap it that way. But but yeah. it's just the way it ended. And the we forget that the year before that ended disappointingly for everybody, of course, right? Because exactly. the season got canceled. It's uh, It makes this year suffering through a more normal year where then the product is... Uh, lucky to be on in bubble conversations so they really aren't in bubble conversations no. right now but they could play their way there uh, yeah. for sure as we've gone through so hopefully that's what happens stay tuned to streakinglawn.com uh we'll have some post game stuff of course for whatever happens down in raleigh hopefully it's a w and uh, uh we we get some more um good mojo going into next week and we'll be back and talk to y'all then thanks for listening go who's